Hello and welcome to this week's Oxcast, your weekly roundup of all the best events happening in and around Oxford. Today's date is Wednesday the 15th of March and this week Rusp has a fab theatre roundup. I'll be talking through some of the screenings happening as part of the Oxford Brooks Human Rights Festival. But first, here's Michael with Ghost Dances. Dancing like a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, you can't see my ghost dances on uh, on an auditory medium. Starting tonight and running until Friday, England's oldest and most respected ballet and contemporary dance company, Ron Bear, is coming to the new theatre. Uh, they bring with them a trio of dance pieces, uh, including a celebrated work. It's Christopher Bruce's Ghost Dances. They're barely wearing any clothes, these people. <laughs> just watching videos. Basically, just makeup. Wow. That must take so much time. The makeup? Yeah. It looks like it. Because it's like Day of the Dead-esque for the, for the ghosts. Because I mean, they've got makeup on their face, even though they've got a mask on. They've also got like a layer of makeup Isn't on their it face. Isn't full- body makeup yeah. as well yes, they got on their bodies yeah, and then they've exactly. got a mask on and it looks pretty terrifying <laughs> I was watching a video of one of the dancers being at food and yeah, it looks very relaxing being made up you can think you can meditate on <laughs> <laughs> like yeah I guess you have to because you just have to stand still for ages yeah. so Christopher Bruce's Ghost Dances um, is about political oppression in South America in the late 20th century under General Pinochet um, in which morbidly made up but vibrantly moving ghosts interrupt the living. Um, death interrupts normal life. The second part of the trio is The Three Dancers by choreographer Diddy Veldman, uh, which uh, transposes elements from Picasso's Les Trois Danseurs. That's the three dancers. You see what I did there? I can speak, I can speak French very well. Into non-narrative-based movement. So kind of translating a painting into dance. Daily Info, in the form of Jen, uh, was lucky enough to speak to Veldman about her own and Christopher Bruce's work. The title of this triple bill is from Christopher Bruce's work, which is now over 35 years old, astonishingly. Is it still politically and choreographically relevant? I suppose it is. I mean, there's still a lot of suppression, not, maybe not necessarily you know, it was created for something very specific and keeping something very specific in mind. But um, the, the beauty of dance and movement is that you can open it up, you can relate it to, 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 to many different countries, cultures. So, yeah, I do think it's still absolutely relevant. Do you explore politics in your works? Are you tempted by the current rich seam of political turbulence? I am, but not what interests me is on a social level. I'm, I currently have just made a piece for the Rombe students in the third, the last year of the school. And we've explored division, which is something that I feel is very current in our political world, the, the division of, of countries, of nationalities. Of, there's a huge divide happening globally. So that's something I'm interested in, in exploring. That's, that's what affects me somehow. Or that's what touches me. And your own work that's part of this triple bill is The Three Dancers, is that right? That's correct. Brilliant. And that's based on a Cubist painting by Picasso, which depicts a very troubled love triangle. I suppose what I found interesting is the triangular tension that the painting depicts. These three people that, that are intertwined, that are holding hands, that can't let go and, and are uh, you know, forever attached on this painting and they can't get rid of each other. I thought that was an interesting given so I played with that. I played with 
um, the, the light and shadow that he has in his work and the kind of darker and more pleasant side to people. So you kind of have the yin and the yang, uh, the white and the black. But both are, are a necessity. You know, together you find that balance. So I thought it was interesting. There's one character, Castor Gamers, who you know, finally commits suicide. Um, I thought it was interesting to depict the, the darker side, kind of manipulating the whiter side. So I've played a lot with the tension, with with love, with sex, with aggression, with yeah, manipulation and death, I suppose. And at the same time, I didn't want to get into a storytelling element because I didn't feel Picasso's work. It's very emotional for me when I look at it, but I I don't feel he's trying to tell a story. And through his cubism, cutting up his paintings or his field uh, that we're looking at, I thought it would be interesting to um, use that kind of aggressive side with the set design and slicing certain sections of choreographic sections, slicing them up a little bit so that you don't ever fall into a narrative. So you can listen to the Oxcast Extra for the full interview, uh, which includes... um, Diddy Veldman talking about more of the challenges of creating new dance commissions and dance as an art form in a time of Brexit. Uh, Goose Dances and Other Works um, is running from tonight, Wednesday the 15th to Friday the 17th at 7.30 at the New Theatre and tickets cost between £13.90 and £33.40. Enjoy! The Oxford Human Rights Festival kicked off last night with a screening of I, Daniel Blake, uh, which included a Q&A with director Ken Loach. But never fear, there are still plenty of documentaries available for your viewing delight. Uh, the festival is based at the Headington Hill campus um, at Oxford Brooks, and it's all free. It's also open mm. to anyone who'd like to go along, but booking is advisable. So it kicked off yesterday, but it's going on until Saturday, so you have loads of opportunities to see some really fascinating documentaries. Um, So each day is sort of themed. So Wednesday, today, the general theme is resistance. So they have a screening of They Will Have to Kill Us First, which is on at 5pm, and explores the story of a group of musicians who rebelled against um, Islamic extremists who banned Western music in northern Mali and went on to um, become international superstars. Then at 7.30, Rent Rebels is exploring the housing crisis faced by those living in Berlin and how they're protesting. Just every single film in this lineup just sounds so inspiring. Thursday, it's sort of exploring how people who've faced hardships express their experiences. So there is an A to Z of poverty, which is screening at 5pm, which is a response through moving images and spoken word by survivors of torture uh, to the hardships of the UK asylum system. And then at 7pm, it's a screening of the Queens of Syria, which is looking at the story of Syrian refugee women in Jordan who incorporate their own stories of home and exile while workshopping Euripides, the Trojan women. Um, On Friday, the theme of home is being explored, kicking off with a migration and exile double bill um, at 5pm with Leaving Greece, which follows three Afghan refugees attempting to enter Europe and Boya Boya, which means shine, shine, which explores 12-year-old Syrian refugee Mohammed's experience of being a shoeshine boy. Oh, 
And then at 7.30, there's a screening of American Honey, which is the hedonistic road movie, which offers an alternative look at the theme of home. Finally, on Saturday, the theme of invisibility is being explored with Utopia at 1pm. Utopia is investigating the colonial past and the present experience of Aborigines in Australia. Yeah, a lot went on. Yeah. Um, Museum of Australia in Sydney has an entire room dedicated to the history of it, which is intense. Yeah. You sort of think they should have their own museum, Yeah. to be honest. Yeah. Um, and finally, rounding off the festival, there's the powerful character study of a homeless man, Hector, which will be screened at 6pm. So many of these screenings will feature Q&As with those who help to produce the film or directors or groups who work with the people involved. Booking is advisable to avoid disappointment. Yeah, if you can make it, go along to one of these screenings. So, as today is the Ides of March, I have a trio of fabulous theatre productions for you to get your teeth into. First, we have the Diary of a Hounslow Girl, which is on at the Old Fire Station on Friday, March 17th at 7.30. This is a one-woman show that covers what it is like to be a 16-year-old British Muslim girl growing up in London. So it covers the challenges of being a young woman in a traditionally modern Muslim family and the influences of growing up in a diverse uh, London. But it also is apparently really funny and light. That sounds a bit heavy, but apparently it's a very funny, warm show. Mm. Uh, The stage called it Smart, Astute and Funny Play. So it it could be really good. Uh, Tickets £12 and uh, they're £10 for concessions. Next up, we have Federico Fellini's La Strada, which means The Road, which was an Oscar-winning film in the 50s, and it's been adapted for the stage and directed by Olivier Award nominee Sally Cookson. So she also directed an award-winning version of Jane Eyre and the West End adaptation of Hetty Feather. And so it has songs performed live on stage. There's high wire acts because it's all around a circus. So it's a pretty extravagant piece so it's the story of a girl who's sold by her mother to a traveling sideshow strongman so she travels with him and his circus across the italian countryside which is why we have the high wire acrobats so this production has been widely praised it's it's run across the country and so the times for example said it was wonderful i'd pay good money to see cooks and adapt almost anything it's a marvel so this is on at the Oxford Playhouse from Monday the 20th to next Saturday the 25th with a matinee at 2.30 on Thursday and Saturday. It has evening showings at 7.30 bar Friday which is at 8. Tickets start at £11.50 and the best availability is in the second half of the run and this looks pretty epic so worth your time. And then finally we have the Unbuilt Room which is also from the Oxford Playhouse but it's not at the Playhouse. It's at the Crypt at Brazenose College, and this looks really quite special. So it's part of the Playhouse Plays Out Productions, and it's created specifically for the Playhouse. And so it combines, they say, the simplicity of bare-bones storytelling with the limitless possibilities of contemporary open-world computer games. Mm. So it's a more hands-on production than the other two that I've said. So it's about a performer who stands in the middle of a stage and describes what they can see around them in another separate place. 
So you can give them instructions like go north or pick up the lamp and it allows the audience to explore the world that they can see but we can't see. So and it all can all be done from the comfort of your seat. So it's a really interesting way to approach theatre. It feels quite unique and not really done before. And this is why theatre is awesome. Is because you can have plays that explore other worlds that we can't see, but in intricate ways. So this is on Monday the twentieth to Wednesday the twenty second, and there are showings each evening at seven and eight, and tickets cost ten pounds. And some showings are already sold out, so I'd book this now, and it it really does sound quite interesting. Hmm. So yes, that's three very different, diverse plays for you guys to go watch. As well as being the Ides of March today, it's St. Patrick's Day this Friday, and St. Patrick's Day happenings are going on all weekend as probably the most Irish person in the room. It falls to me to uh, <laughs> talk to you about these. Um, in fact, we have a we've, we have a St. Patrick's Day feature page on the site. It says all kinds of uh, wonderful facts, ephemera and tips. Guinness facts are there, including how to pour the perfect pint. Um, it should take 119.53 seconds, apparently. Wow. That's got to, a lo- long time. Oh, yeah, you've got, to, you've got to take your time with these things, get, get the good head on it. And, you know, broadly speaking, we could talk about Samuel Beckett, Brendan Behan, Shane McGowan, um, and the the best of Irish culture. But maybe considering what St Patrick's Day has turned into, it can all be summed up in a lovely video I saw of the Muppets singing Danny Boy um, <laughs> in the seventies, which is um, moving, slightly meaningless, and very green. <laughs> <laughs> So we've got some different activities depending on your different levels of joviality. Um, <laughs> really, starting at Lola Lou is Lola's green fancy dress party. Uh, they invite you to do a fair bit of drinking and dressing up as uh, leprechauns or whatever takes your fancy. Um, and the best dress is awarded with a hundred pounds drinks tab. So you wow. go back and keep on drinking forever. <laughs> Why not? If you... Uh, Slightly lower on the joviality scale. Um, we have Tim Freer's and the Mercenaries at uh, the Jericho Tavern on Friday um, with their Celtically picked guitars and lustily fiddled fiddles. Also, you can celebrate the day itself with one of Oxfordshire's finest folk bands, the Jesters at the Jude. Jude the Obscure on Walden Street is going to be a place for merrymaking on Friday from 8.30. Free entry there! <laughs> and there's some other folk sessions happening around the city. Again on Friday at the White House on Abingdon Road. They've got their themed folk session from 8.30pm. It's £2 in. Um, and about as Irish as you can get, maybe. Um, folk night at the Half Moon. Yes. The Half Moon <laughs> on, uh, on Sunday with uh, the legendary Mick Henry. It's an open session. Everyone's welcome. Cool. You can You can bring an instrument bring a song or just commandeer the piano like uh, some do <laughs> also for the other centres of Irishness around the city um, like O'Neill's on George Street they always have live music uh, from 9.30 on Fridays anyway so it's going to be jogger with green wigged uh, happy people everywhere is probably going to have Guinness on tap the Mad Hatter are getting a little bit more adventurous with their Irish cocktails try their Guinness Martini um, <laughs> which they promised it may not end up being entirely celebratory, but you can always watch uh, Ireland beating <laughs> or uh, seceding to England 
on Saturday at 5pm. Loads of places will be showing the rugby. It's viewable from George Street Social, probably the Verdry City Arms um, and Big Society who screened absolutely all the matches last Saturday. So many things to do. Check out our um, St. Patrick's Day page on dailyinfo.co.uk. So we're so lucky to have our own literary festival every March slash April. And again, the Oxford Literary Festival is happening from Saturday the 25th of March until Sunday the 2nd of April at various locations in Oxford. Um, over the next couple of episodes, we're going to be speaking to some of those giving talks at the festival. So even if you can't make it to one of the events, you can have a little taste of what's happening. I was fortunate enough to speak to Professor Charles Spence, a world expert in sensory science, about his latest book, Gastrophysics, The Science of Dining, from Restaurant Music to Sonic Crisps. So, gastrophysics, probably a new word on lots of people, um, is kind of a combination of gastronomy, so kind of nice food, mm -hmm. um, and psychophysics, which is kind of the psychology of food. Um, so, it, it's all about studying how real people respond to real foods that they enjoy eating and trying to treat people as if they're kind of uh, observers where we give them lots of different foods or different colours or different weights or different names for dishes and seeing systematically how they respond. Okay, so what, what made you decide to look at the science of food in particular? Uh, I guess I was kind of dragged in in a way, but I've always been interested in the senses um, since I first arrived here in... Oof, 88, I think it was, uh, as an undergraduate, and my undergraduate project was on uh, on, on sounds and, and, and TVs and breaking TVs so that the sounds came from strange places and seeing what happened. And over the years since then, um, the last 30 years, I've been adding senses. Uh, first it was touch, and then smell and taste and pain. And so before you know it, you're, um, you've got all the senses there for flavour. Mm -hmm. And probably, while not many of my uh, academic colleagues study flavour, it's kind of too messy to do, uh, they prefer sticking people in front of computer screens and just giving them stuff that's easy to uh, to deal with. Um, probably flavour is kind of one of the most multi-sensory of our experiences. It engages all of our senses and it's something that I guess we all do hopefully several times a day and uh, very often look forward to and I think you know, it r r remains as one of the great pleasures in, in life. Definitely. Can you explain to me some examples of your key findings Thanks. as a psychologist rather than a chef uh you won't find many recipes any recipes in <laughs> fact in the book it's all uh, really about the um the kind of the mind of the diner and it's kind of the psychology of the everything else so once you've got a particular food or drink then uh we're interested in questions about uh what plate should you use what shape what color what size what weight what texture uh if, I'm, if you're serving a drink then what shape should the glass be uh does it matter if it's clear or opaque why do people spend so much time thinking about glasses for some things, like wine, mm. whereas no one really studies the, the, you know, the beer glass? It's mm. about uh, the science of cutlery, knives and forks, and um, why we still keep using these horrible, cold, metal, smooth things, uh, and try to sort of measure and say, do things, does food really taste better if you eat with your hands? Not mm. probably a steak and chips, but, but other foods. Uh, and for those foods where you need to cut them, couldn't we do better than, a, than the traditional knife and fork that has not changed for a century? There must be something better, given what we know about how, how the brains work uh, nowadays. Um, and, and beyond that, beyond that, beyond the sort of the, the plateware and the cutlery and the, and, and, and the glasses, uh, we're also really interested in, in the environments in which we eat. So that's everything from the colour of the walls and how bright the lights uh, through the music playing in the background, one of the easiest things to, to change or maybe to get wrong, and sort of looking at how chefs 
particularly those of a of a modernist persuasion, <laughs> not the traditional ones, are, are are sort of now coordinating the atmosphere to go with each and every dish. In fact, so you might go to some restaurants in Spain or Shanghai and get a 25-course tasting menu. And for each and every course, the lighting will change, there'll be projections on the walls, there'll be different smells, the waiters will come out in different uniforms uh, and outfits. Um, and it really is the, it's kind of the whole new world of off-the-plate dining, mm. something that chefs weren't traditionally taught about in cookery school, yeah. but it's something they, they realise is increasingly important to delivering these really sort of memorable uh, meals. And for us, it's, it's about um, working with the chefs, mm. sometimes just... Uh, seeing what intuitively they've come up with and saying, does that really matter or is it just like an old wives' tale or something? Yeah. Uh, kitchen folklore, but, but sort of studying those things and then trying to figure out how you can take some of those insights and apply them to the mainstream, to your corner pub, to the, to the home environment as well. Listen to the full Oxcast Extra to find out whether it's possible to make aeroplane food taste good, how to make the prospect of eating insects as appetising as possible including a nice anecdote about big-assed flying ants <laughs> <laughs> and how you can be tricked into buying certain foods by supermarkets and large food corporations. It's quite disturbing. I've been tricked. Yes. Many times. <laughs> Professor Charles Spence will be speaking on Thursday the 30th of March at 12pm at the Oxford Martin School Seminar Room. Tickets are £12.50 and his book, Gastrophysics, is on sale from the 30th as well. Uh, tickets are still available for the Oxford Literary Festival, so make sure to snap yours up quickly to avoid disappointment. So in cinema, we have amazing animated shorts from around the world, a pair of critically acclaimed uh, art house films, a Disney fairy tale epic, a classic crime thriller, and two horror comedy debuts. So starting at the Phoenix, the London International Animation Festival returns to the Picture House Kids Club this March with an eclectic mix of animated shorts from all over the globe. So they have short films from China, Estonia, Finland, the Netherlands, the UK and many other countries and all are under five minutes and all look pretty darn amazing. So you can go along to this, watch them all and then you get to vote for your favourite at the end. Excellent. Yeah. So if you have children you want to take them along to some culturally diverse animated films... This is the one for you. It's just any excuse, really, for parents to take well, their kids. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could take them to see Moana again, or you could take them to see the the range of animated shorts here. This is at the Phoenix Picture House on Saturday the 18th at 11am. And the Picture House also has The Salesman and Personal Shopper on. So The Salesman is the film that won the best foreign Oscar. And it comes from the director of A Separation and the Past, and it's... The critics love it and it's been embraced as a very meaningful film. It's set in modern Iran, telling the tale of tensions between a couple under the backdrop of a production of Death of a Salesman. So it sounds truly fascinating and it had its British premiere in Trafalgar Square, hosted by the Mayor of London mm. and yeah, it's it sounds like a really great film. And then there's also Personal Shopper, which has been described throughout many descriptions of it as ethereal. So this is an art house ghost story starring Kristen Stewart and was a bit of a critical smash at last year's Cannes. It tells the story of a personal shopper in Paris haunted by the death of her twin brother. So she's visited by ghosts and it's a bit mysterious. Kristen Stewart has, has embraced the art house pictures and she's actually 
huge in the art house scene, particularly in France. And she's moved away from the more commercial films like Twilight to these really interesting films that she's been making in recent years. But if you want commercial films, then we have the release of the much anticipated Beauty and the Beast. Hooray! Hooray indeed. So we all remember the Disney animation. It's one of my favourites. And Disney have this thing now where they're remaking into live action all of their back catalogues. So this is uh, a remake of the classic Beauty and the Beast. Its cast is full of stars. It has Emma Watson, Dan Stevens, Luke Evans, Josh Gad, a.k.a. Frozen's Olaf, Ewan McGregor, Ian McKellen, Emma Thompson, Stanley Tucci, to name but a few of this star-packed cast. <laughs> They're the best cast ever playing the crockery, aren't they? Yes, yeah. yes. So um, Ewan McGregor and uh, Ian McKellen are Cogsworth and Lumiere, and at anything for Sir Ian McKellen's dulcet tones. <laughs> so yeah, so this is the big film of the week. There's also Get Out, which I have seen in advance, and it is fantastic. It's the horror of meeting the in-laws paired with the racial tension in America of the last few centuries. And it's very funny, very disturbing. And I thought about this film for days afterwards. It, It has a real impact in what it does and says and what it explores, which you don't really expect from a horror film because they're quite disposable fun normally. Mm. But this, I think there's one bad review of this in America on Rotten Tomatoes of like 200 reviews. It's a huge commercial hit. It's one of the most successful horror films of all time. Uh, And it's kind of a cross between The Wicker Man and Cabin in the Woods. So if you're not in the mood for a Disney fairy tale epic, (laughs) go watch this film instead. And then the UPP has the two to see this week are Fargo which is on Sunday and Monday, and it's part of their heroines and villainesses season. So they've got Amelie, Jackie Brown, and the Wicked Lady coming up in the next month or so. This is one of the Coen Brothers' finest films, and it won Frances McDormand the Best Actress Oscar, and it inspired the frankly awesome TV show that's coming back soon with Ewan McGregor. Link back to another film. (laughs) But yeah, if you've not seen Fargo, or if you have seen it and you want to see it again, Go along and watch this film because it's a really great crime thriller with an amazing cast. That yeah, uh, and then they also have Prevenge, which is on Tuesday and Wednesday, which is another horror comedy. This time, it's about a mother to be going on a murderous rampage. <laughs> this film looks fantastic. It's from Alice Lowe, who is in Sightseers. She made it in her last two weeks of pregnancy, so she is heavily pregnant when she made this film she was breastfeeding her baby in the editing room this is dedication to a a film she wanted to make and it hasn't been released in oxford it wasn't released in oxford so this is your only chance if you live here to watch this film in cinemas and i certainly will be this is the film (laughs) i'm going to be watching this week so if you want to see any of our film listings or any of the other exciting events we've talked about today go to dailyinfo.co.uk slash what's on. And don't forget, we've got our Mother's Day competition. You can treat your mum to a pair of tickets to the Blenheim Palace Flower Show in June. Follow us on social media. We're Daily Info Oxford on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. And why not subscribe to the podcast? Um, make it a weekly habit on your preferred podcast provider. Mm-hmm.